Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. Today is Thursday, again, September 9th. And this podcast is brought to you by Matt Ishbia's whatever he wants it to be, really. Yeah. It's whatever he does. He is my guy. He's my guy. He did, he did a good. He did a very good. He did a thing that might have been so good it might even make ESPN. Don't hold your breath. What? But, but uh, breaking news. This is one we've been sitting on for a little while, Austin. I'm glad to see mm-hmm. like we Ishbia and his company, uh, mortgage organization. Um, provided $500 stipend for every month of the year, I believe, for every single football and basketball player. And he did not forget the walk-ons, Austin. And as, as a, as a well, walk-on, you could have seen that one coming. I was going to say, as the newest walk-on factory, uh, he's got mouths to feed um, just by the <laughs> sheer number that, that Izzo's putting out there. He's, he's, I wonder if some of these guys are double-dipping. Like is Malik Carr getting a thousand or what a thousand bucks a month? I gotta think these guys saw the writing on the wall or something, and maybe they smelled something out, and they're like, "I could be on both teams." Yeah. Now hold on, <laughs> dear Matt, I've yeah. got questions. United, um, United Wholesale Mortgage, big splash, and um, unlike anything, this is not just cool. No other program in the country has done this, first of its kind. No. No scale like this has taken place, and that matters. Listen, it is nice. We've said it before. We'll say it again. It's nice to have billionaire alumni. Uh, and, uh, John, I think officially I would like to say let the mortgage wars begin. Uh, as have we now have, It seems like they have. The team is, the team is brought to you by or, – or really just, just the Spartans in, as a whole are brought to you by – Rocket Mortgage, but each one of the players is sponsored by United Wholesale Mortgage. Whatever it is, I'm all for it. It's awesome. It's so cool to be rooting for and like an alumni of a program that's pushing the boundaries of what this NIL can do for students and being really on the cutting edge. And I think like this program in so many ways, like with the actual game itself, like Mark Hollis, for all his flaws, was always great at pushing the boundaries of like what can we do like we, they wanted to play a game in the coliseum they played a game on the carrier they started the champions classic like he was always pushing the boundaries when it came to that and it's cool to see that 
you know, the, the rest of the, it's, it's cool to see that that spirit isn't lost and, you know, Matt Ashfield listening, what he, he might've gone to see home, not a big deal. I'm not biased at all in this mortgage wars, but uh, yeah, it's, it's go Mapes, baby. Just, just awesome. Just awesome stuff. Hey, two quick things about this. I saw a lot of chatter about this is just like a, a pay for play. This is just, a, you know, an, an end around to pay the players. One, who cares? Why are you pocket watching college kids? Yeah. Two, One good. <laughs> two, why don't take a step back and think about how big Michigan State's alumni base is and think about the audience that uh, the, all these players can reach with their social media followings, most of which are either uh, their fellow students or super fans. Now, where, who do you think people are going to think of when they need to buy uh, their next home? Which lenders? Probably at the top of their list are going to be uh, United Wholesale Mortgage and Rocket Mortgage. Right. I mean, they've bought awareness that you like at, co- at such a cost efficient rate, they didn't have to get a Super Bowl commercial. They're going to reach so many people because now it's national headlines. They were the first to market. It's not just Michigan State alumni. This is on Bleacher Report. This is on Yahoo Sports. You know, this is on all the major sports uh, websites. So you've you've at cost pretty if cost efficiently. Because you've only done, if you do the real math, it's not as expensive as, say, doing a full creative campaign. That That's expensive. So um, you could argue the PR value is already paid off in, in the first day for these guys. Uh, I mean, even beyond that, I, I think your first point is a, is a poignant one. Like, everyone wants to – everyone enjoys piling on billionaires and saying, wow, you could really solve a lot of the world's problems. Well, guess what they're doing right now? They're solving the problem of college athletes not getting paid. Why do you, if anybody's against this, I simply, I simply do not understand your line of logic. Two billionaires are paying to, are really trying to fund these, like put food on these college kids' tables. And again, it's not like they weren't getting benefits beforehand, but like, that's amazing. Billionaires do a lot of bad things that serve no public interest. This serves a lot of public interest and allows kids to like these, a lot of these guys had to go pro previously and make decisions that long-term were not good for them as individuals because they had to help provide. Certainly not everybody, not all the students have to do that. It's not a universal case, but like that happened to a lot of people. And now these billionaires, people with plenty of money are trying to, trying to at least do a little bit to help that. So uh, I think that's pretty amazing. And one other quick thing, John, one other quick thing. These are two men with businesses that are headquartered in the state of Michigan. For anybody from the state of Michigan, again, to your point, who are people thinking of when they're trying to get mortgages? They're thinking of two homegrown organizations instead of going anywhere else. That's keeping money in the state. That's building infrastructure in the one, the the biggest city in the state, in Detroit, and, and just benefits everybody long long term so if you're a fan of the state if you're a fan of the team if you're a fan of making sure college athletes can afford to buy meals and support families you have no excuse but to be thrilled about this the way that this is going and i'm sure this is the tip of the iceberg it is and that's the whole thing to the rival fans out there who are all of a sudden very concerned about Mm -hmm. uh, money in the pockets of teenagers and young adults I say to you, calm down and keep up. Just because you would be singing a different tune if it was your favorite team. 
So Absolutely. Relax. So congrats to the players. Uh, you know, certainly, certainly uh, a, a cherry on top to to uh, a win. But before we get to the win, Austin, our favorite son, the basketball team, their mm-hmm. their schedule is full fully finalized. Um, anything jump out? Uh, well, John, at the risk of being negative, um, non-con's going to be, non-con's going to be a bear. Uh, we've talked about it before, and this certainly is not surprising as a Michigan State. I mean, this is a Michigan State team after all. What would we be if not masochists for early season difficult games? Um, MSU gets, and we've talked about it before, Champions Classic plays Kansas. Always a challenging game. They also have to go on the road to Butler. They also have Loyola Chicago guaranteed in the battle for Atlantis. And then you might have to help me here. Who are the other teams in the battle for Atlantis? Uh, Potentially like UConn and Arizona state and like some of these other like huge, I believe there's some other huge schools in there too. Auburn and Connecticut uh, Mm. would be the, I believe the winner or loser, depending on what happens. And um, it gets worse. Uh, depending on right. how well you do. So, um, that'll be fun. Oh, there's also Louisville on December 1st. So, yeah, it is going to be, uh, put it this way, we're going to learn a lot about the team right out of the gate, for better or for worse. So, that'll be interesting. But I know, John, we were talking about this before we started recording. The early part of the Big Ten season, on the other hand, is uh, a little more lenient. Yeah, it uh, it's nice to to play. So there are those two games in December because they uh, expanded the schedule. <clears throat> so you have at Minnesota, who will be probably far and away the worst team in the conference this year, and uh, and then you play, um, gosh, I'm blanking, uh, Penn State, I believe, at home, and then yep. uh, you, t- you turn around and the next two conference games are at Northwestern which, as we all know, is a home game, um, hmm. see, see Friday night. And then uh, you have Nebraska at home. We'll be better, but you got to feel good about starting out that way, considering the non-con schedule. So it, it's, it's going to be a tough conference, but you probably couldn't have gotten a better draw, I think, at least for the ease into the, to the conference season. Yeah, and I would even say beyond that, then you go on the road to Michigan, which will be a tough one. But then it's Minnesota at home and Northwestern at home. So your first seven games, that's a that's a nice stretch. Now, of course, it turns into an absolute bear down the stretch. You go at Wisconsin, at Illinois, Michigan at home, at Maryland, at Rutgers, Wisconsin, Indiana. Like, you know, it heats up uh, with the exception of Indiana, obviously. It heats up pretty quickly. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's just, as we always say, Let's deal with that later, just like we'll deal yeah. with the 2022 uh, recruiting class. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a tomorrow Jayden, problem. Yeah, Jaden Shutt chose Duke. That's bad. We're, we're running, out of, <laughs> running out of steam on the recruiting front. We'll deal with men's basketball later, man. Yeah, I just wonder if Alvin Ellis IV has any eligibility yet, because uh, we might be knocking down his doorstep. Or I'm also wondering, who's at Sunrise Christian? You know? Who can we who can we go get? Tom Tom. Tom Tom oh. owes us. He's the head coach there. Tom Tom owes us a lot. I agree. He owes me a <laughs> lot of minutes back. 
<laughs> okay, so uh, while I am working some some to get us a, another five star recruit, you can tell us about uh, the the atmosphere in Evanston, the first football game with you know, having you know, fans full capacity that we've seen since 2019. Yeah, uh, it was it was pretty electric. I'm not gonna lie. Um, as always, very much a Michigan State pro crowd, but it. I mean, it was at least 50-50 MSU to uh, Northwestern fans. Um, wow. And it was just cool to, like, be back in a stadium and feel the energy and the excitement and the optimism. Like, I mean, this was the first game for a lot of intents and purposes of the Mel Tucker era. The first game he's played in front of any fans and you felt that energy. You could see him down on the sideline yelling at players. I mean, the players were obviously, like, super fired up and – like to have that first play of the game, actually, Ooh. even before that, like the pregame, yeah, singing the national anthem, seeing like they had these divers, you know, uh, or the skydivers come in. Like it was just, it felt like this really awesome piece of normalcy, you know, it was, it, it was pretty incredible. Uh, but then the first play of the game is Kenneth Walker ripping off a 75 yarder and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs in a very Northwestern pro section of the stadium. Um, it, was, it was, it was, it was absolutely shocking. Like it was, I mean, first of all, for so many reasons, like first of all, it's the first play of the season. Like how awesome is that? It's his first play of his career at Michigan State. How awesome is that? And yeah. then just the starkness of the difference between literally almost any play from last year and the explosion that we saw in that play was uh, – it just was like – it was a storybook beginning. But honestly, as we kind of get into more of like the review of the game, that – they didn't – I think you saw kind of the Mel Tucker mindset uh, relentlessness really come through during that game because they didn't take their foot off the gas for, for a minute, and they ended up winning uh, – was it 38-21 was the final score? Yep. Um, and not only did they not end up – they didn't let their foot off the gas, but, like, you had Kenneth Walker. wasn't just one big run. wasn't just one big pop play. He had the seventh most rushing yards in an, by an individual in an individual game in school history with 264 uh, is what it was like. I don't know. What were, what were your main takeaways? I know we want to get a little more detail here, but what, what were your takeaways? Well, I don't think you can wax enough poetic behind what we saw. Whenever you see someone do the seventh best thing of all time, that's pretty cool and <clears throat> should be acknowledged. And, you know, I think the most interesting part is, as you mentioned, this draft stark. Um, difference between having an offense with not just a pulse, but having like a clue. It's 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 the difference between Jay Johnson offense without athletes and a Jay Johnson offense with athletes, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and, and I think that's the first thing in my head is he springs on for seventy five, and I'm like, oh, we got athletes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, let's like. Okay, and I have to confess something. Uh, I missed the first play. It was very no. it was very on brand for the podcast for me to. Um, That's true. I just you know I was getting to it, and I 
I got to it. I got to it a little late. <laughs> it's not as if I had other activities, but uh, just no. didn't get to. It. Yeah, kind of like the uh, kind of like the thumbnail. We're getting to it. Uh, yeah, well, the- it'll happen in due in due time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, that was pretty incredible to to see that. But not only you know the seventy five yard run that that can those happen not a lot, especially now to, to Northwestern defenses. But breakdowns happen. He had many runs of over 25 yards. And that's not um, that's not even just like, oh, that's a bad run defense. Like, that's just a special guy at that point, right? Well, that, that's, that's not just like a clearly a quality player. That's a quality system. That's a quality play caller. That's a quality, that's quality blocking. Uh, I mean, he had more rushing yards in this game than any individual had on MSU last year. And he had three more, four more touchdowns than any, but he ran any running backs ran for at MSU a year ago. I mean, it's, it's all of the things that we sort of talked about Mm -hmm. in terms of having that extra year, having some plus players, getting impact recruits at at positions of need. It all kind of came to life. And I do think like, listen, we talked about it last week too. This is not going to be a good Northwestern team. It's it's just not. It's going to be a it's going to be a bad team. But I think they're going to be functional. And MSU was still able to go out there and really impose their will. And we said that that was a key to this game because if you weren't going to do that to this Northwestern team, not not even to the level that they they actually did. But if you weren't going to do that to this team, you're going to have a really hard time doing that to to some of the better teams in, in the Big Ten. And not only did MSU pass that test, they destroyed that test. I mean, they aced that test. And I think that that speaks to, I mean, I I thought we saw a lot of really impressive push from Jarrett Horst certainly lived up to the hype, even up to the point where he got a personal foul penalty. And people said that that was something he might bring to the table. Uh, Don't hate that. I think Nick Samick, I read was uh, one of the players of the week on the offensive line. Um, J.D. Duplain was excellent excellent run blocker. And, so, you know, there's a lot of shout outs, right? And and I think it's just, I still can't get over. The run offense was so pathetic, not just last year, just in general. It has been for a while. For a while. And it, like, it's not to say, you know, one game is not a trend. But you can feel a lot better about things going into next week than, than maybe the all off season. The other yeah. piece about Kenneth Walker is, um, you know, there, I'm certain. There's certainly the offensive line provided him push. You saw him make decisions and plays that you kind of do in NCAA football or Madden. Like he's bouncing outside, yep. Because, like he, and then his third touchdown was Jay Johnson just saying, "Oh yeah, I have a running back with 99 speed. I'm just right. like, well, I don't need to like." we don't need to make this more complicated than this. I'm just going to give him a swing and let him outrun their, their linebacker to the pylon. Like sometimes football's that easy. It's like funny, right? It doesn't have to be complicated sometimes. <laughs> and no, I think the coach, the coaches like to complicate it, but I think, I mean, everything we said, so we're talking a lot about the offense here and just to put a bow on, on that part of it. It, last year was so painful to come out and score 38 points and look competent and seem like you had a game plan and to give some credit where it's due to Peyton Thorne, not of a quarterback taking any crazy risks, having a quarterback that can uh, 
put some touch on the ball, uh, having receivers that were making some incredible plays. I mean, I think you saw the the chemistry between him and Jaden Reed. Trey Mosley made an incredible one-handed catch. Connor Hayward, oh my God. finally. I was having several, several religious moments in the stands when he was making plays because that dude <laughs> – has been waiting to be used in this role. I'm sure you could go back almost literally a hundred episodes in this show and find me saying he should be an H back. He should be a gadget player. He's got too good a hands. He's too good with the ball. Once he gets it. Voila. He makes just some incredible plays. Uh, he had a, an unbelievable catch down the sideline. He had uh, a play where he caught the ball about seven yards short of the first down, and then oh ran ran over like three guys on the way to the on the way to the first down. It was um, it was great, a borderline religious experience for for your boy in the in the uh, in the stands for that one. So it was it was it was amazing. It, it really really was. We still didn't see a ton from the tight ends, but you know we can't ask for everything in one week. Hey, yeah, again. You know, is it crazy? We found, like you said, potentially a third wide receiver when you have Trey Mosley, who who showed up. You you have a run game. And I think the better part of it is, you know, people are saying like, oh, man, I don't know if we've seen enough from Thorne. Can he do it? It's like, okay. But also you would, same people would have been mad if you took the ball out of uh, Kenneth Walker's hands because he had such a great day. So like, it can't be both. So let's, let's just appreciate that. You know, if a guy's hot and, you are running the ball easily just keep doing it you know but so th- this is what you want right like this yeah. is what you want from a quarterback you want a game manager Peyton Thorne is never or at least probably not this year you know maybe later on in his career at this point he's not going to be this game breaking dude he's not a you know he's not this super running the ball crazy athlete does enough to be dangerous doesn't have the biggest arm in the world but if you have a good offensive coordinator and a good running game I think you saw what he can bring. And honestly, with a team that is so desperately in need of just any type of consistency on offense as a program, like you can't really ask for a lot more than, than what you got from Peyton Thorne. And quite frankly, I think what you got from him tonight, if it's combined with what you got from the running game or anything, even, you know, kind of close to that, you're, you're going to win maybe more games than people thought at the beginning of the season. So it wasn't all good. I mean, it was, it was very Wins are good. Wins are good. And, you know, weirdly, the defense defense was kind of the area of uh, concern and maybe consistent concern uh, throughout the season here. Fortunately, MSU has a very defensive-minded staff, so you can hope that they will be making market improvement game over game. But honestly, there's a a lot left to be desired from uh, specifically the cornerback uh, position. You know, Hunter Johnson played surprisingly – I don't want to say well, but better than we'd ever seen him play before. And, you know, he's not the best quarterback Michigan State will be playing this season. So um, something's got to change because also the defensive line was very solid in the run defense, but struggled on their own to generate a lot of rush. Um, So I think that's another area where you got to look at and say, okay, what are we going to do here? Uh, You know, it, you can play, sit back and play defense on a team like Northwestern and probably win the game now that you know you have Kenneth Walker. They missed two field goals. You know, like it could, they couldn't get a stop to save themselves. You know, there will be better teams in Northwestern. What does MSU have to do 
you know, to, to take the next step. Yeah. And I think you saw a few things that we thought might happen. I, I think we were all expecting that front four is going to struggle to generate pressure on its own. I don't know that that's going to change this, this year, unless somebody like a Michael Fletcher or a tank Brown, two guys we didn't see a ton of, um, get involved right. and bring a level of athleticism that, that the, the other ends don't really have. I mean, you saw a ton of bodies, but again, those are the two kind of X factors that didn't, uh, didn't get into the game uh, a ton. If I, I didn't see much in there at all. Um, so individual just hat on a hat, they're going to still struggle to do that. However, I think you think you saw some athleticism from the linebacking core, especially uh, Quiveris Crouch that, um, Abishu certainly hasn't had in, in in at least a little while. That's um, right. And that, I think, as you get progress into the season, those guys get a little more comfortable. Um, you know, you, you you might be able to generate some things that way. But I think you saw that balancing act as a defense. Like, you know, they were not – if you can't get after the pass rusher or if you can't get after the quarterback, your secondary is going to struggle. And if your secondary is not going to hold up, then you're not going to give your defensive front the opportunity to get home when there's only, you know, a uh, four-man rush. So that one of those two is going to have to improve or, or you're absolutely right. Um, better teams than Northwestern are going to kind of pick them apart a little bit. Um, but I, I – I did. I was encouraged by the by the linebacking play, and I hope as they kind of settle into their roles a little bit more that that you'll see some improvement. Now, the uh, the other thing I will say is against the pass, yes, I agree with you. Against the run, I thought they were really really impressive, especially the first Absolutely. half of the game when the game was in its you know kind of deciding stages. I mean, they were they were absolutely stuffing uh, Northwestern's running attack. And again, this is we keep caveating it. It's still a nice win, but like. This is, this, is an, this is going to be a bad offense compared to the other ones you're going to play. But I think they did what you're supposed to do to bad offenses. And they forced a, you know, they forced a lot of three and outs early. Like you said, they, they, yes, Northwestern missed some field goals, but they forced them into field goal attempts. I mean, they were, they were a lot of that bend don't break mentality. I think you saw kind of, kind of come through and, you know, the defense, this is a kind of like a weird territory for MSU where the offense is clearly ahead of the defense. That's rare. Uh, for MSU, yeah. and to be honest with you, yeah, in a weird way, kind of, kind of exciting because I think we all know the defense can come around, and we know that's where really more of the transfers were than they were on the offensive side. So I'm not surprised by it, and I think that there's more room to improve over there. Um, but there, I think there were still some positives really to, to, to take away from that side of the ball, especially against the run. Yeah, I mean, we're picking on these guys a little bit because well, we, we do. When you when you win by 17, you know on the road, you gotta find, gotta have, pick a few things that gotta get better. But yeah, I mean there was only one breakdown for the defensive line as you mentioned for a rushing defense. One busted uh, play at the very first play, I think, of actually second half. There was a 50 yep. yard run or so. Um, so beyond that, you know, very tight uh, up front and. Um, you know, I'm, we're picking on, and like I said, Xavier Henderson had a nice game. Um, you know, he cleaned a lot of things up behind him. And, and, you know, if you're forcing Hunter Johnson to throw the ball 43 times, that's a win. Yeah, like you absolutely. want, you know what I mean? Like you, that's not a winning game plan for Northwestern. You got to think. So, you know, yeah, you know, you, you, they had to play into our hands and, you know, you're probably going to see 
more of the same against similar types of opponents where you say, hey, we're, if we're confident with our, our ball control offense, that Kenneth and Walker or whomever, maybe there's more, you know, that rise to the occasion and mm-hmm. manages the game. If we're confident we can put up more than 20 points, which is like the norm for the past three years, it feels like um, yeah. that changes things, right? So you can you can let people play in front of you on defense and, and make them have to execute. Well, I will say this is this is college like at the end of the day, this is this is college football. Like the quarterback play is is going to vary wildly. And I would say the vast majority of times you you want the other team's quarterback to beat you. In the NFL, it's a different story where you right. have so many of just the, you know, the the best of the best playing. But like you, in college, like look around the Big Ten, truly. I mean, if you how many quarterbacks are in the Big Ten right now that you're like, ooh, that guy can come out and beat us kind of no matter what, you know, we, we just got to hope to survive. I would say CJ Stroud, I'd probably put in that even after one game. You know, I'm, I'm even a little ambivalent on, on that one. I'm more defaulting because he's Ohio State's quarterback. But, like, uh, are we are we terrified of Cade McNamara? Are we terrified of Graham Mertz? Are we terrified of – I don't even know who Iowa's quarterback is yet. Like, Talia Tonga-Vailoa, like – I mean, yeah, you could make a case for Tua. Uh, you could, or you could make a. I will call him Tua. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean that. No, we'll call him Tua. I like Tua better. Uh, and or you could, excuse me, you could make a case for what I meant to say was um, Michael Penix Jr. Until this yeah, week, okay, fair. Where he, where he fell apart, and yeah. so you know, like uh, I don't know. All I'm man, saying is, it's, 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 I'm I'm okay with this being like if it's. My team's going to stop one thing, run or pass. Uh, give me the run all day. Uh, if they can be stout against the run, they are going to be in position to compete in or win a lot of a lot of games because they're going to make these quarterbacks beat them. And quite frankly, I, I like I was just saying, I look around the Big Ten, and yeah, you're right about Penix. Penix is a, is, a, is a good call. I'm not that worried about too many of these Big Ten quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm not that worried about Derrick King anymore. You you know you know who people are worried about. Kenneth Walker the third, as they should be. That's right. So um, let's let's uh, you know bask in the win. Hopefully we'll get another one. Um, you know we'll, we'll talk about Young Sunset in a bit, but let's take a commercial break and take a walk around the nation in the Big Ten. Uh, it feels good to be back. Okay, three, two, one. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. We are back, just like Texas. Oh, wow. You jumped right into it, huh? Sure did. Is Texas back? People are saying. They're talking. They're certainly asking. uh, They they held up their end of the bargain against Louisiana, Lafayette, Ragin' Cajuns, 38 to 18. 
solid performance from the Longhorns, wouldn't you say? Uh, considering the numerous losses to uh, Maryland that have happened mm. in this week for them previously, yes, I would say this is a this constitutes a very nice start. I thought it was funny because their running back, Bijan Robinson, despite uh-huh. only running for like it was like 108 yards and two touchdowns, <laughs> uh, one national offensive player of the week. Sure, I gotta tell you, I am so thankful. Like. The disrespect card is so back, and it feels incredible, love just it. incredible stuff. We love to see it. Um, you know, wasn't the wasn't the only uh, disrespected uh, player this past week? One Rocky Lombardi disrespected Northern Illinois Husky. It was given no shot to to go into Atlanta and you know people say you don't just waltz into Atlanta Georgia great point and and Northern Illinois does Rocky has done this before he's not afraid uh to go into a a large stadium that seems very that's actually very quiet and win a game by himself and he did Rocky Lombardi uh I guess we're just going to call him the Rocky Lombardis now 22, Georgia Tech 21. Northern Illinois, Rocky Lombardi's go for two with under a minute to go to win, and we love to see it. We love wow. to see it. And Rocky doesn't let him down. He converts, and uh, your Northern Illinois, Rocky Lombardi's 1-0, and and I don't know. He's got to be putting people in Ann Arbor in some fits right now as they look down their schedule. I I would have to think so. Um, Rocky is what you call a high variance player. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it. he turns in some big ones. Sometimes you know he's he's a little bit more Rocky Lombardi. What I did lo- notice and loved about the two point conversion is that it was a laser. He <laughs> put no touch on that ball. He threw it as hard as he could, uh, as as he knows how. I can tell you, I will never try to play catch with him, as I would break. Several fingers. There's another team I would not like to play against because I would break, I don't know, every bone. Uh, and that would be the team you say you want them. You say you do, but you don't. That's the Alabama Crimson Tide who absolutely smacked. I couldn't believe the game was even this close after watching it when I just saw the final score. But it was 44 to 13. They, they made Miami, who was the number 14 team in the country, look like they were playing high school football. I mean, the offensive line performance from Bama against Miami's supposedly good defensive line was Mm -hmm. borderline, borderline shocking. Uh, Well, not shocking really, but uh, pretty, pretty dominant. Nothing was surprising. Um, I will say if there's one thing that you can take away from this game, I don't think you can take a whole lot away from it. If I'm Miami, I'm a little bit nervous about Derek, like I, I'm starting to think the Derek King hype train may have gotten out of the station a little bit too early. Uh-oh. This guy was running, admittedly was running for his life, was injured this offseason, all that stuff. This guy's 24 years old. Mm-hmm. People forget. Mm-hmm. Um, never really played super high caliber football uh, and did not look like a guy with a lot of 24-year-old poise or ready to make a lot of decisions. Now, I'm sure that they will improve. I'm sure he will become better. However, 
Well, I'm just saying, here's all I'll say. It's a, it's impossible to take anything concrete away from a week one game against Bama. But Derek King's supposed to be that dude. This is supposed to be Heisman guy. I saw I saw nothing. Like, at least against Bama, sometimes you get, like, a play. Or you see, okay, I, I like, sort of get it. Like, here's the hype train. I sort of get where everyone's coming from. Mm-hmm. I, I saw nothing to make me think that. And I watched a decent amount of this game. Um, so if I'm Miami, the Miami-Texas, are they back spectrum, uh, I feel as though Texas is much further along in that than than mm, Miami is. Now, again, big grain of salt, week one against Bama. Pretty impossible to say anything for sure. But, like, I, I would have liked to see more out of Derek King. I think a lot of people would. I think Derek wanted it to end, you know, right? Fair. You know, it's like – this whose idea was this? This was stupid. We could have played anybody. One. We could have picked anybody. You don't have to play Bama until the playoff. The New York Jets. Like, like unless you're in the SEC, you don't have to play Bama unless you're assigned to them. Like you don't don't go out of your way. What are you guys doing? You know, it's just it's silly. Um, two teams that went out of their way to ruin my night: uh, Georgia <laughs> and Clemson, who. I'm I'm so thankful that the people called this game out for what it was. Awful. Like, these defenses are going to put a stranglehold on a lot of offenses this year. Doesn't mean that I have to sit back and be like, man, what a classic. No, I can still hate the game. <laughs> the, the SEC industrial complex has never been stronger. Like, the fact that Georgia did not score an offensive touchdown – and went yeah. up to number two in the country. Like, if you if, if you want proof that everybody is just like, hey, we're getting these SEC teams in here, and, and that's and that's just that. Look no look no further. Um, yeah, I, mean, I gotta be honest. Year. Like, you, you saw some. Well, I mean, Georgia's Georgia's defense, I think, is legit. But like, another guy I was expecting a lot from is DJ. Uyunglele. Uh, Learned a little bit about how to pronounce that name. Um, didn't didn't get a lot. <laughs> he produced his throw produced the only score of the night, the only touchdown of the night. That's the, that's the most I can say about him. That that's something you want to hear if you're a Clemson fan until you learn how it could have gone south on you. Yeah, JT Daniels also not like blowing my socks off. No, <laughs> I get it. These defenses are good, we, as you know, fellow listeners. We rarely acknowledge things as good. These defenses are good. I still can yearn for a little more from Heisman level, you know, or can candidates at quarterback positions. Can I not? Is it can so it much to ask for an offensive touchdown? True. We're not. We're not talking about this. Isn't the Red Box Bowl? R.I.P. <laughs> like we are. We are talking about like the biggest game of the first week of the season and. We got crap on a plate. And you know what? Fine. Like, hopefully, these, I'm sure these teams will turn in some incredible performances down the line. But, like, if you want to go back and, like, unless they both turn into, like, the two best offenses in the country and then you can spin it and be like, whoa, incredible performances by the mm-hmm. defenses, you're not going to win a lot of points from me by winning. Like, if I'm George, like, Georgia's not going to this – this shouldn't be the game – which it feels like it will inevitably be that gets them into the, you know, into the playoff because they have this great 
you know, a non-conference win. It shouldn't be that, but it feels like it's going to be that. Yeah, I mean, the ACC as a whole, their, their flagship took a huge hit. Um, Florida State also lost to, I guess you could call it an ACC team, Notre Dame. Yeah. Went to overtime, and, and like both of these teams unimpressive in a 41-38 to 38 game, right? So like the ACC unimpressive in a different way in this game. But this game kind of had game. everything. Great game. I was entertained in the – this is like – People watch, you know, the NBA and say, how can you watch college basketball? You know, hardcore NFL fans will say, how can you watch college football? You know, because of yeah. games like this, <laughs> they're hysterical. Like, this is fun when you have storylines like, you know, Mackenzie Milton coming back after a doctor said he probably could never, ever play football again. That was cool. And then... He still loses, and I don't know. Maybe I'm awful, and that's still kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of the best part, though. Like, and then you got Notre Dame blows an 18 point lead. 18 point lead. You're the top 10 team in the country. Like, come on, guys. Like, you're if you yeah. put the game away, and and Florida State scores 14 or 18 unanswered, and then you go, and then you like you watch this game, right? Oh, I watched the whole thing. It was great. Oh. Okay, so jump in because I I just happened to catch the, the second half. But yeah, I mean it was it was uh, a phenomenal game back and forth. Um, I don't know how Florida State didn't start Mackenzie Milton from the beginning because <laughs> if they if I, I do not understand and it's not not because he was like so incredible because he really wasn't like he just had the offense moving. Their other quarterback that was in was clearly a, a really good athlete but yeah. wasn't putting balls in the neighborhood of receivers. And yet they were still kind of staying in the game. I feel like this, this Notre Dame team credit to Jack Cohn. I figured he would probably be the one that made them not live up to the hype. He, uh, he played Nick. He, he was great. He's over like 400 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. Um, but Notre Dame couldn't it, run the ball. Uh, no, yeah, I know Notre Dame couldn't run the ball, which is supposed to always hurt. sort of be their thing. Uh, yeah. with two really good running backs yeah. and defensively they couldn't do anything to slow down a bad quarterback and a guy who has not played in two full years and is coming off of like an Alex Smith level injury. Like that is what would scare me if I'm a Notre Dame fan is that defense. It took Kyle Hamilton being probably the best prospect in the upcoming NFL draft, but getting two interceptions, neither of them particularly well-thrown balls, but both really nice plays on his part it took that to yeah. to get to keep Notre Dame winning this game and there's a lot better team than Florida State that, that are going to be on on that schedule but Florida State's got to feel good I mean I, I don't know how Milton's not your guy moving forward you got to feel like you can make at least a bowl game with him uh starting based on the the, the way that offense operated the other night so yeah. it, was, it was a great game it was such a stupid game but it, it was, was just so the best that's the best way to describe it and that's why we love this sport so um, let's quick run around the Big Ten because there were some other stupid games that took place. Uh, Big Ten, it's our way. Ohio's, so it opened actually with Ohio State-Minnesota because the Temple-Ruckers game got pushed. Um, Ohio State uh, comes in. That's, we talked about this exactly when you want to play them. And by the way, this game feels like it was a year ago. Yeah. But um, Minnesota did every single thing right. They had an amazing running back. They had a three-year starter quarterback, a solid offensive line, 
good enough defense home night game started raining hung around you know just hung around took a few punches and then before you know it they're down double digits and they in ohio state covers and you're like let's just simulate ohio state to this playoff man like what are we doing it was a very like thanos i am inevitable it was moment. it was uh, it was just that all that it took, because the receivers were getting open and they were popping huge run plays. Like it was just a matter of time before they started hitting plays that were there the whole night. And it's it you know for them it's like if C.J. Stroud is able to complete these passes, call it thirty yards downfield, twenty five yards downfield with any type of regularity, which he's clearly talented enough to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean they're going to the playoff. They are they are so far in a league of their own when it comes to Big Ten teams. Like nobody's close to them. Iowa, which we'll talk about in a second, is in the top ten. Wisconsin is obviously nope. not good. Penn State went on the but it doesn't matter. No one's close, uh, and nobody's going to be close for the foreseeable future, especially if Stroud is this guy. So yeah, I mean they were and and to your point, like. Uh, Minnesota did everything you could do uh, and it's still just all sort of fell apart. So I, I don't know, like when you look at who I still think Indiana is probably built, equipped the best to actually hang in and beat Ohio state because they can actually have an explosive plays in their bag. But like, yeah. I don't know who else, I, a stupid team like Penn State, maybe, but I feel like they'll shoot themselves. They'll they'll have the gun. There's that meme of from Tom <laughs> and Jerry of the cat, which I believe is Tom Jerry. No, Tom, no, Tom Cat. Yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah. Um, and he's pointing the gun into the mouse hole in the wall, and it's coming out bent and shooting yeah. him in the face. Right. And I feel like that is actually like if I had to describe Penn State in a meme, it feels like that's pretty much it. Well, the the saddest part is some of Ohio State's best players like didn't even get touches. Like Travion Henderson is oh my god, unbelievable. Like, like I am uncomfortable with how good he is already. He just decided he was going to score. Yep. Like he caught that little swing pass Mm -hmm. to the left side. He saw six Minnesota defenders in front of him, and he says, "I can split." all of them mm-hmm. if I just go to like 80% speed and he was like <laughs> and he just oh. flipped through it was it was effortless speed and by the way he doesn't start because the guy in front of him <laughs> averaged 14 yards a carry oh my god so yeah things are tough so everyone's excited for that game <laughs> so you know what though Minnesota will be fine they did lose Mo Abraham well sucks you know he's st- he's a stud, um, but you know I think they'll be fine. Uh, Pat, let's keep moving. Rutgers beat Temple sixty-one to fourteen. Sixty-one. Mm-hmm. Not your dad, Scarlet Knights. Plucky Rutgers. I'll say it's difficult to score sixty-one points when you only have three hundred and sixty-five yards of offense. But five wow. turnovers from the Temple Owls will help that cause. So I don't know, man. Rutgers is just like. I don't know what type of sacrifice they made to what God to get all these this turnover luck in the first games of seasons, but here we are. Oh, but the the other shoe when it drops is going <laughs> to be a special special breed 
of uh, comedic football. Uh, I mean, listen, Rutgers, listen, I'm glad that they're using up all the luck now, though. Like, use it when the hope can be the highest because yeah. Rutgers fans deserve it. But, mm-hmm. man, you know what's coming. It's like a nine-turnover game mm-hmm. against Penn State or something equally stupid uh, that's that's going to happen. Like, they'll they'll lose a game because of some stupid – like some, some Lions-type rule that they, nobody even knew existed will cost them a game. Oh, man. That hurt personally. Poor guys. So, uh, yeah, a lot, lot more – We'll see how Rutgers does without the turnover luck. But, hey, better than not having it. Uh, Absolutely. Penn State goes into Madison and upsets Wisconsin 16-10 to 10 in a very uh, Georgia Clemson-esque game. Um, I'm sorry. I just want to go on record. I got crucified for saying, Let's wait and see about Graham Mertz after his first game as a freshman. Last year, we had one incompletion. I got yep. absolutely run on Twitter by Wisconsin fans. And all of a sudden, now we got people. Hmm. Now people are talking about, should Mertz start? Like, just sometimes you have to take a breath, especially with quarterbacks. Because, listen, things can, you never know what's going to happen. You know what I saw, uh, which made me realize that every bit of hype about Graham Mertz was undeserved. And I saw where he was from, from mm-hmm. Overland Park, Kansas. Can't have it. Done. Done. All your star rankings are now invalid. If you're, if you're, uh, I'm sorry. There's so much good talent out there in, a, in high school football right now that if you're playing in like one of the only places that doesn't have it, Mm-hmm. I can't realistically expect you, especially as a quarterback, to be successful. I wish I had known he was from there before the hype because I could have <laughs> I would have called this one literal years ago. I mean, 22 of 37, 185 and two interceptions. It was bad. It was in bad. In an imminently winnable game. Oh, and what else did we say on the pod? Pat ourselves on the back. We don't trust Wis- trust Wisconsin's rushing attack, which is a weird yeah. thing to say. 58 carries. For 174 yards with a long of 19. With a Clemson transfer running back. Come on. And don't don't get me wrong. Penn State didn't do anything to help themselves. 18 carries for 50 yards. They gave up and put the ball in the hands of Sean Clifford, who, I mean, was serviceable. He was fine. You know, but like six. Wisconsin he's always he's always going to be fine. He's yeah, always going to be fine. I will say Penn State's Penn State's front seven was flying, was yeah. flying around the ball. That's what's going to keep them cool. in games as the year goes on. And if it's not that, then I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. If they waited until the very end of the game, that Penn State's off. Like Penn State, man, jeez, I don't know what to make of this one. I think it's impressive win. It's an impressive win. Going into Camp Randall and winning is a big deal. It doesn't Absolutely. matter. How- and it doesn't matter how you do it. Ugly, no one cares. It's a win because it is so hard to win there. I, I'm looking forward to watching Penn State um, and a few other games uh, to see if once they do what they want to do, how good they can be. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, keep it moving. Michigan uh, takes down Western Michigan 47-14. to 14. Listen, the hype train 
You can hear it in the distance. Oh, baby, it's humming. Check it, check it, check it, check it, check it, check it. They went Just from wait. they went from we want Harba out, and you know, they're not saying they want him to stay, but they're not saying they want him out. They, they, those are calming down because then they looked at they looked across the plains to Iowa and saw their sa- their second savior, the second savior mm-hmm. Matt Campbell, struggling with Northern Iowa, and said, "Oh, that's the guy we wanted." So it's getting very interesting over there. The fan base is really twisting and turning in the wind here, but they can't help but feel really good about themselves. It was a solid win. It was. Kelsen, it was. It was a little. We were in Ope territory for a second there in the first half, but at the end end of the day, the 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 athletes won out. Of course, as they normally do in this sport. Uh, But hey, now you know. Like I was just saying, the hype train is was a little late this year, mm-hmm. but I think it'll be on time at the end of the day. Oh, um, yeah. And the only thing that is a little bit of a bummer is that uh, Washington managed to slow it down a little mm-hmm. bit because they lost to uh, Montana, who apparently has know. a football program. I We'll get to that one. We'll get to okay. that. Okay. Uh, Nebraska bounces back with a 52-7 to win over Fordham. Okay. Congrats. Fine. Um, okay. Iowa, Indiana. So did you see any of this? I did not get to watch it. I just saw the box score, and I could not believe my eyes. Ooh. And I live bet it at Indiana plus 19 and a half and felt great. And, yeah, that didn't work out. Mm, you live bet just to cover 19, right? That, yeah, cover 19. Oh, okay. okay. Thought you were feeling really frisky um, on a money no. line. Iowa 30, oh, no. Indiana 6. And here's a game that happened. You mentioned, um, I, I think it was, you were talking to me earlier. Iowa's front seven just made Penix's life hell. Like, yep. and here's what happened. And the, we've seen this happen. I'm going to date ourselves a little bit. A game plan fall apart before it starts. Remember when uh, MSU in 2011 went into Iowa City and had a really hurt Cousins team? Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. it well. Rakes beat off him 39 to six. Still remember it. I was there. It was a tough. And it had, I don't think the score was reflective of the teams, but it just went south so fast. And then you completely threw out the game plan, right? And it just, it kept spiraling. So, you know, Iowa scores in Penix, throws an immediate pick six. And all of a sudden you're down 14 to nothing before you can blink. And you're like, he, oh boy. And you try and settle in. And then there's another pick six. And then there's another pick before halftime. And it's like, holy crap. It's just got way out of hand. And so they say, Austin, don't just waltz into Iowa City. Oh, if they've said it once, they've said it a million times. Mm. Um, yeah, that's tough. I mean, God, we were saying this last week, too. It's funny how everyone was kind of saying, oh, man, best – Best Indiana team in so long, and they're number 17, and then I was there at 18, and then they go in, and the moment's just just too simply too big. You got to feel for them. I mean, you, you got to feel for them a little bit only because, you know, they, they don't get into this territory all that often. But then I remember they're also Indiana basketball fans, and I stopped feeling bad. On the other hand, Frisky Iowa is so alive, just yeah. in time for El Asico. Well, maybe a little too alive. I feel like almost they need to take an L and settle back into their 18, oh. 22 ways. Yeah, the time's coming. Don't worry. That that L is that L is not far. Uh, speaking of comedy, that you you just 
have to sit back and appreciate that you can all see coming, but the joke still lands. Illinois coming off a big win against Nebraska falls on their face to the University mm. of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. 37-30. I mean, come on, Bert. Everything about it is just it's just pure heroin. Like uh, it just it hits it hits so good and so hard. Like what a what a rush. Bert Bielema. I mean, now imagine being Nebraska. How stupid must you feel? Very. So stupid. You should feel stupid. Uh, Illinois, just doing Illinois things, huh? Um, And that poor fan base, they had about five days to feel great. Yeah, (laughs) and those are the ones I actually feel bad for. Indiana, I stopped feeling bad for. Illinois, I actually feel bad for. They don't deserve that. Uh, Maryland did very Maryland things like they do. Uh, came out and played really well in a non-con P5 game, beating West Virginia 30-24. to I think you mentioned this last week. I'm not willing to pass any judgments on a Maryland team until at least October. Absolutely not. Yeah, that is that's, and this week does nothing to change my opinion. Um, Oregon State tries to waltz into West Lafayette. You don't <laughs> do that. And Purdue wins 30-21. to how did Purdue start getting absolutely stud wide receivers? When did that become a thing? Uh, I don't know. I feel like the 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 Jeff Brom thing lands with a very specific breed, and it appears to be wide receivers because they know they're going to throw the ball a billion times a game. With bad um, backs. Yeah. Good wide receivers. David Bell, eight receptions, 134 yards. He's, you know, outside of Ohio State's locker room for my money the best wide receiver in the, in the league probably. Right. Mm-hmm. If not at least top five. Yeah. He's certainly, certainly one of, I need to get more familiar to be honest with you, but with the, with just everybody else in the country, but like, yeah, I know he's a stud and he lived up to it. So, uh, um, but Purdue did the thing they had to do. As you said, we were going to, you got to fire Brom if you don't win. And yeah, they, <laughs> This is this is a pink slip game for Brom, and uh, he, he, he managed to do it. He didn't know he he didn't know we put him on watch, but he was on pack watch. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so okay, let's let's jump to the national games coming up that are big. Um, a couple Texas. There aren't there many. We we really got ahead of ourselves last week and um, had a lot of big ones. Not not many this week. Most of them in the Big Ten actually. But nationally, Texas heads to Arkansas. I think this one could be uh, Texas falling on their face a little bit. I don't think Arkansas is any good. But I think Sam Pittman has um, a bad team that he can coach up, and Texas might be feeling themselves. I mean, yeah, this is from the aesthetic or the uh, the peripherals of this game. It has Texas loss written all over it. Um, <laughs> but that being said... I know nothing about what Arkansas does as a team. I know Sam Pittman, like you said, is is well regarded as a head coach, but yeah, I, I don't know a lot about him. But you know, I also think like that's the thing about being a, a major major program like that is like you have that target on your back every single yeah. year, and if you are not forget every single year, every single week of every single like, there's no time like when you come to town for Arkansas. These students have probably been looking forward to this game for four years since they scheduled the game, however, yeah. how, so 25 years ago or whenever it was. Like, yeah. 
it's a huge deal. You need to be on your game because otherwise people are coming for your neck. It's true. And well, that's why you go there too, right, Tom? So you can, Absolutely. So you Absolutely. fail to live up to the expectations. Uh, the, the other huge rivalry, I think, in the country, not the other, a huge rivalry game in the country that I don't think gets quite enough um, hype is, and maybe it's because it happens usually late at night, Utah and BYU. These teams, these programs hate each other hate each other and i i don't know it's because they are not as of recently become one of them's become a p5 program maybe that Mm. was part of it but this is a game worth watching if only because um it gets nasty it can get yeah yeah those mormons really can can get nasty uh i call this one the milk bowl I feel like there's a lot of whole milk being drank during the tailgates of, of this game because we know there's we know there's no alcohol being consumed. So uh, maybe people are getting real frisky and spiking some eggnog. Who knows? I don't know what how you get around it because uh, it's literally like illegal. I don't um, know. I don't think. I don't know. But it feels it it's not feels aggressive. It feels like an aggressively white game to me. <laughs> well, I'm probably not wrong. If you're a Utah Jazz vibes uh, you know big time the fan base um here's a game to keep an eye on alabama uh, alabama just puts the hurt on miami florida well documented we know this we talked about it i wouldn't i wouldn't assume that you can just show up and beat appalachian state miami i mean miami hosts app state they that's a solid team and yeah and i they are you might even are argue that's a solid program you know this is a this is a program now um that has asserted itself in the sun belt i'm not necessarily even putting them on upset watch or hope watch i'm putting no i am i'm gonna put them on hope watch oh. because i just when you get your ass kicked like that i'm cer- like certainly there's going to be a lot of attention to detail this week but i think there's just a general assumption and you're like well and they're right it can't be any worse but because yeah. Alabama's the best of us, but I just think you have to really channel in because, as you mentioned with Arkansas, Texas, you don't think App State has been thinking about this one for yeah. how long, right? To get the opportunity to Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so uh, just put them on Oak Watch. Yeah, know. it's that's fair. Again, this is one where you need to see something from your supposed Heisman guy in uh, Derek King because if I'm not getting, if I'm not getting a damn good performance out of him in this one, I start to officially get uh, a little bit nervous because who knows? You might be playing a really good defense in a week after that. Uh Oh, okay. So uh, let's jump to the big 10 quickly. I think the only thing that is jumps out to me about the first game, Illinois at Virginia, which I I do not think I could think of two more irrelevant or non-sexy football teams in the country. (laughs) Like if you had to pull two P five ones out of the hat, you mentioned Oregon State last week. They're up there, Rutgers too. But Illinois, Virginia is something not even a mother could love. And <laughs> they they kick off at 10 a.m. Dude, 10 a.m. Central. Oh. They just put them on the ACC network. Sure. Yeah, it it it's better that way. <laughs> I mean, this could be a fun basketball game, but yeah, I mean, this is two guys from. Mm. I mean. 
you know, uh, these are two teams from the bottom third of their respective conferences with the same colors. I'm really not getting a lot out of this game. Neither of them with particularly fun offenses. I'm these not are, getting much from this. These are two guys that from two different friend groups that they really, both of these guys really want to be accepted and a part of something. And then they've been kind of like talking shit to each other all night. And the friend groups are like, okay, yeah, like go for, like, I don't know, I'm not supporting you fighting this guy, but also it might be fun. And then yeah. they start fighting, like there's an actual fight that takes place outside the bar. And the both friends groups are like, I don't even like this. Like, I don't even yeah. like, like this. This isn't fun for me. I don't even care. Like, I don't want even want this to happen. And so basically nobody wins. So that's how I feel <laughs> about this game. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... Nobody feels good about winning, no matter what. No, and the Big Ten and ACC don't care. It's like who, nobody cares. This is this is a very who cares game. Moving on. Minnesota hosts Miami, Ohio, trying to get back on track. I think Minnesota is, despite losing their, uh, you know, their best player, is on has a very manageable schedule, and they could potentially even run off eight straight. I think they that could, would be that would be good for them. I think I this just, is a great place to start. Miami's bad. I think I think this is where the, their train gets rolling. Uh, Northwestern tries to get back on track, hosting Indiana State. Okay, go. Sure. Why not? Um, why not? Uh, Ohio State. Oh yeah, here we go. At yeah, eleven, this is a good one. Ohio State hosting Oregon. Ohio State, no breaks. I mean, they jump on the road at Minnesota, who will be a very solid team, I think. Then you host top ten Oregon next week. Okay, but still favored by 14. <laughs> like, geez. Yeah, and like if I'm betting this game, I'm probably picking them to cover, to be totally honest with you. I mean, I'm sure Oregon's great, but I don't know if Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be 100%. Um, mm-hmm. I know their quarterback is a little bit unproven, so it's like, me, you know, just, uh, I'm just not totally sure where to go. I'm, I'll just bet Ohio State until they play Bama, basically. I think sure. they've reached that level for me. Yeah, I mean, what, there's no reason not to uh, at least go make some money on money lines with them. Uh, yeah. Rutgers continues their <laughs> weak round robin of the big of the Northeast, taking on Syracuse. Um, as I mentioned, they played Temple, then Syracuse. It's just a t- the Northeast. They just are so bad at football, dude. Boston <laughs> College, UConn, Syracuse, Rutgers. It's yes, like come on, guys, combine and make one team, like make an ultra team. That can- just the northwest team, T- northeast. I just- agree. Oh yeah, northeast. Yeah, the, I I think we should conglomerate the way that they do with New England. Yeah, it should be New York, flat line across, and there's everything up there. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. It should probably just come together and be one thing. Who says no? Um, <laughs> speaking of. Purdue travels to UConn and is a 33-and-a-half-point favorite. Listen, if you're a 33-and-a-half-point favorite on the road and you're Purdue, what are we doing? Like, how how is this happening? UConn, the only real thing of relevant about this, Randy Edsel, after losing by double digits to Holy Cross, he looked in the mirror and said, I don't need this. I don't need to do this. <laughs> Like, why do I do this? Uh, I saw somebody tweet, uh, once again, retiring is rarely a bad idea. 
And I have to, I have to agree. After that damning video of him trying to hype the team up oh and my. being met with exactly zero hands into the hand pile, uh, I, I, we knew it was Randy's time. And and he leaves behind a. He leaves he leaves some things behind. I'm not sure what they are, but I'm sure he's I'm sure he's a nice guy. That's about all I can say for old Randy. Guys, you can. I told he doesn't you. have to work anymore. I told you this season might be something special to behold, and it has given so much already in just two games. Ball State heads to Penn State. I think Penn State obviously is going to take care of business, but I'm more interested to see um, if Dotson can get rolling, Noah Kane can get back on track, see if they, if, if they of all teams can contend with Ohio State is kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, that offense is going to really have to get going, and this is a good time to do it. Um, here's a my OP game. Uh, Buffalo heads to Nebraska. Buffalo dropped 69 points in their opener. Nice. And mm-hmm. you can't feel great about that if you're Nebraska, right? Yeah, it, it, I don't think you can feel great about anything if you're in Nebraska, even after last week. I mean, you have to come back at the end of the day and realize you played Fordham. In Buffalo, like, Sneaky hasn't had awful teams recently. Like, this is the guy around for, like, eight touchdowns last year. That was awesome. Is Buffalo the best team in the Northeast? Uh, Do you I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like here – my answer is the fact that I don't have an answer. That's a problem. I think that's about as fair as it could be. Yeah, that's already bad. I mean, look, Scott Frost, don't get caught looking ahead, guys, to your game mm-hmm. at Oklahoma. I mean, you got to deal with some problems at home here. Um, the Big Ten, Big Ten game uh, June of the week, Junior, Al Asico, Iowa at Iowa State, uh, ABC. Iowa State a four-point favorite. A little surprising to me considering the results of the last two games. But that's what I guess the home team's getting the points here plus uh, an additional one. What do you think? What do you got? I'm going to side with Iowa because I'm just going to follow my heart here. Like, I just want Iowa to win because I think it'd be fun. I love frisky Iowa. I think that's very well documented. Mm -hmm. Um, And it'd be nice to see somebody that – I don't think anybody has a chance against Ohio State, but like at least Iowa, if they're winning games like this, listen, if you beat Indiana and then you beat Iowa State to start the year, it's not Ohio State, but like you have to kind of take them a little bit seriously. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, could be fun. I'm personally hoping, uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm, I don't usually do the root for the conference thing, uh, but I find Matt Campbell to be annoying because I don't think he deserves the hype. And, um, I think Iowa's funny. Frisky Iowa is always funny. They'll find a very stupid way to win, and I'm excited to watch it. Oh, Iowa will do something like win this game and then go lose a clunker at Northwestern later this year. Exactly. It sets up maximum comedy. Yeah, you know it's coming, and that's fine. You know, it's like we've seen this these movies. We just we know the punchlines, but it's still we still like it, and I'm still gonna keep watching. I still love watching the movie. I still love it. Uh, Eastern Michigan heads into Wisconsin in the night game. I think you might want to take Wisconsin's points. It's like 25 right now. I think that's an easy cover. Um, Yeah, that feels like a a manageable number. 
Indiana hosts Idaho. How, who is scheduling this stuff? Like, I'm mad. This is so. I, I want to know how much is Idaho making. That's what I want to know. I don't know, but like, come on, like, at least get a regional team around here so like fans can come and enjoy it. This is dumb. Or play in the Kibbe Dome. Go to Idaho. You don't just waltz into the Kibbe Dome. You uh, sure don't. Howard travels to Maryland. Sure, at least that's a regional one. Uh, Big Ten Network at night. And um, then, as you mentioned, Michigan hosts Washington, famously uh, coming off of an FCS loss, scoring out in the opening drive of the game, I might add, and then not again the rest of the way. I can't imagine a more uh, worse start to someone's tenure than is it Jimmy is, is the new yep. coach. Oh, man. Talk about falling on your face dude hey you want to spin zone it can't get any worse i guess i mean i guess i, I guess, guess. michigan I mean, they were ranked they were ranked number 20 in the country coming into the year i i'm yeah Th- this could go this goes one of two ways like either they are truly this bad and they lose uh-huh by 100 to michigan which is very on the table because it would be a very Michigan thing to do. And then to claim, wow, what a great win. Uh, or, or they're pissed off. And truly, they were like basically practicing for Michigan. And yeah. uh, there's a little bit of cautious sleeping type of situation. And they come in and actually beat Michigan. Because we don't know anything about Michigan. Yeah, they beat the crap out of uh, Western. Like, congratulations. What am I supposed to look? pat you on the back? Like, you're Michigan. You're supposed to do right. that. Yeah, they did what you'd expect. I, I think you're going to see actually uh, a Michigan win that that people are going to come away feeling less enthused, but mm-hmm. because of the res, the Montana result more than anything. And I don't know, we don't know if that's indicative of this Washington team or not. I do know that seven points against an FCS team that's it's bad. That's not good, folks. So, oh boy. Speaking of FCS teams. It's time to change gears, and we hope Michigan State scores more than seven against Youngstown State. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, we need to take a, a, a lap around why this program stinks. Ah, yes, indeed we do. Um, hold, please. I'm going to pull this up. Well, while, I, was, I did while, not have it ready to go, but we've got some good ones in here. I got one uh, unprompted. Thank you, Arpan Lobo. Uh, his submission, Youngstown isn't even a state. Good point. <laughs> Probably the best one. I've got some other good ones. Okay. Uh, Go MSU Butt Boy 69 obviously charmed in, chimed in with a couple good ones. His first one is because that program makes Charmin look rough. Don't believe me? Their mascot is a penguin that can't handle the cold and needs a scarf. Tremendous point. <laughs> Tremendous point. Uh <laughs> You know, the penguins, dude? Like the penguins. In Ohio, figure that one out. <laughs> um, the ZTJ521 says the median age of Youngstown is a year older than the median age of the USA. Youngstown, more like Oldstown. I yeah. appreciated that one a lot. Deep cut. You had to search for that one. I like it. Yeah, that was, I appreciate the effort there, Zij. Uh, Ball says the running back had only 242 rushing yards and two rushing TDs in their opener. Uh, Principal Skinner meme, pathetic. <laughs> uh, we also had, and I actually liked this one. 
Nikki Nick underscore Nickley says their stadium's nickname is the Ice Castle. Whoa. I think that's sweet. Yeah. I don't Do you know. have any others that came your way that you thought were particularly good? Um, they provided us a Polini brother, I believe. So I don't know how much we can really talk. Yeah, can we be mad at them? No, we got a they also out of the deal. They also gave us Jim Trestle, right? They did give us Jim Jim Trestle. They did give us yeah, Bo Polini. I think Carl might have worked there. They gave us Mark D'Antonio. Those are, those are the good. They gave Carl a job. That was nice of him. That was um, really nice of them. So I don't even know if you can gamble on this one, folks. It's hard. You can probably find a line somewhere, but rarely FBS versus FCS, you're going to find a line. Reason is I think there's about a 98% computer average that MSU should win. So, you know, if you're not feeling comfortable going in the fourth quarter, something went drastically wrong. Last year, they went one and six. Um, but they did start out the year with a win over the Incarnate Word Cardinals, which I think you pointed out to me was a nice little double entendre. Yeah, I like that because it could mean a cardinal, like a church cardinal or an actual cardinal bird. And I that's like, nice things about Incarnate Word. So would you this, do this, me a favor? Real quickly, real quickly. I think Incarnate Word yeah. might be a Bishop Sycamore situation. Like, I'm not convinced that this is uh, a school. It's for the right. You know, I don't – we should investigate. We're on it, folks. Someone look into it. it. Hey, so let's – we're going to bring back uh, one of our favorite bits that we haven't done in a while, and that is roster names. And this is where Austin just opens the link to their team and reads his favorite roster names. We haven't looked in advance, and he's just going to say his favorite ones. And we don't even know if these guys play. It's just literally roster names. So take it away. Thank you, John. Uh, I would start, like to start with um, the the name of the best player on the team, but I oh. really genuinely think it's it's one of the better ones you're going to find, and that is Demetric Crenshaw. And the reason why I like Demetric's name so much is because it's spelled D-E-M-E-A-T-R-I-C. Oh. Demetric. Mm-hmm. The 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 meat trick. Uh, I got to say, there's just a lot of really powerful energy coming from that name that I appreciate. Um, sure. I appreciate quite a bit. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have? We also have Jamil McLaughlin. Awesome name. Andrew Ogletree. Josh Burgett. That's not a particularly cool one. Um, Dre Rushton. Oh, mm-hmm. and he's a running back and it's spelled D-R-A. That's good. London Pearson. Let me keep going here. What else we got? Chase Glover Rogers. I love a good. Uh, I love a good hyphenated name. Oh, and he's from West Bloomfield. Hey. Uh, Natavius Payne. Oh wow. I'm. Oh wow. Hold on. Wow. Wow. We just. We. Oh my gosh. We hit some serious gold here. There's a punter from Australia named Patty Lynch. Somehow wow. not Irish. Uh, Oh, here's a good one. John Tavius mm. Davis Boner. Mm. Wow. John Tavius Davis Boner. That wow. is tremendous. We also have a linebacker, freshman linebacker, Sir Jerome Treadwell. Love him. Wow. Like Sir Darian Adams for those oh. old heads like us. There you go. Um, 
Wow. Those are tremendous names. Uh, yeah. I, really, I forgot how much. Oh, okay. We'll end with this one. Hayden Gump. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. From from Girard, Ohio. That just was very very big 10. Um, Here's one other aside that we like to share. Uh, Defensive back Keon Martin on his outlook facing Michigan State. I approach this game like every other game. One thing I do before every game, every receiver that I guard, no matter what team it is, I follow them on Instagram just so they know who I am, you know, like a few pictures, just so they see my face and know who I am. And I think that is one of the most subtle, best trash talk I think you could ever do. Like, that is, I think he should find out who their girlfriends are oh and follow God. them because th- this is, this is a criminal, criminal, this is like criminal mastermind stuff. Yeah, I like, like a few of their photos, book. make them click on your profile. And be like, who is this? And, oh, I just got to follow. Oh, it's this corner. Mind games, baby. I love it. So you got to find an edge any way you can get it. You do. So what do we think, Austin? Give us, give me the lowdown on the on the Pengies. Yeah. So as you said, they they took on the incarnate world the incarnate word double entendre Cardinals last week. Uh, good news, they won. Mm-hmm. Bad news, they won 41 to 44 in overtime. Uh-huh. Um, listen, I'm call me a his, I, I wouldn't call myself this incredible historian. However, however, typically overtime wins uh, against teams that may or may not be actual schools, not a great thing to hang your hat on. So mm-hmm. um, the Penguins, listen, they're one to know. Congrats to them. Um, Based on what I can tell from the box score, because I make my solemn promise to you, I will not watch any incarnate word football this year. <laughs> uh, they are they are very much a running team. Um, their running back, Jameel McLaughlin, as we talked about before, had 29 carries for 242 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but really what gives it away is that Demetri Crenshaw, the quarterback, had 20 carries himself for 81 yards and two touchdowns. Um, they also had another running back with 12 carries. So uh, to put that into perspective, those, oh boy, those 61, there we go, 61 carries to 12 passes for uh, the Penguins. So needless to say, I, I think you can expect, um, I think you can expect a lot of running out of the Youngstown State Penguins. On the other side of the ball, uh, the Incarnate Word Cardinals, often referred to as one of the the more potent air attacks uh, in the country, obviously. But knowing that, they still went out and threw up 352 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Cameron Ward, Carnet Ward's quarterback, threw for, yeah, 350 and four tutties um, right. to a variety of different receivers. Four receivers for them had over 70 yards receiving. They also had a 100-yard rusher. Uh, Kevin Brown had 19 carries for 118 and two touchdowns of his own. So, Youngstown State runs the ball and gives up passing yardage. Uh, I will say that if you're drawing up an opponent that you want Michigan State to play that's going to be a cupcake, they mm-hmm. fit this profile. Uh, you're going you're gonna to find out two things. You're going to find out if MSU's run defense is legit or not because 
for all the things that are wrong with Youngstown State's defense, they can clearly run the ball a little bit, and they do so in kind of a weird way that the quarterback's getting 20 carries in the game. Additionally, you're going to find out how much Peyton Thorne is – well, you'll find out two things. You'll find out if the running game is real because obviously they can give up some yardage. Uh, if it was a fluke, I'm sure will struggle on the ground. If not, they'll succeed. You'll also have maybe an opportunity to see Peyton Thorne kind of turn it loose a little bit. Uh, I think that would be beneficial for for everybody and maybe make people come away feeling a little bit more at ease, confident, maybe feeling that he's got a little more dynam, you know, uh, he's a little more dynamic than uh, maybe he showed. Uh, he was much more of a caretaker against Northwestern, but which is not a bad thing. I think, like we talked about, that's gonna that's gonna help MSU win a decent amount of games this year. Um, but that being said. This is the kind of game you look at. You're like, listen, if they can't run the ball, if he can't make some plays with his arm, and if they can't stop the run, then you start to worry a little bit about uh, some longer-term issues with the team. But I got to say, if they come out and can dominate the line of scrimmage kind of the way that they did for the most part against Northwestern and create some pop plays, uh, this one should be, like you said, I don't know that you're going to find a line on it. But whatever it is, you can't feel too bad taking MSU uh, in it. Yeah, I think, you know, they're, you, you want to see improvement. You want to see the offensive line uh, continue to dominate. You want to see the defensive line um, break up any of this, this unique rushing attack before it can even take uh, – let our linebackers have to diagnose it, right? You just – you're hoping that the defensive tackles busted up before, and they did that against Northwestern. You hope for more of the same. Um, I think uh, you you also want to see maybe you want to see team play well enough that you have a different quarterback in there, and not to create yeah. a controversy. Or or the other flip of the coin is you keep playing Peyton Thorne so we can find a rhythm. I don't know, not my call. What you don't want is a quarterback controversy. So. Um, and I don't think you're going to get one regardless of how well a quarterback plays in this game because mm-hmm. Miami's coming up. But, you know, this might be also be a huge opportunity for some young guys that we only saw one freshman. In this. Keon Coleman was the only one who saw the field. This might be a game where you see some freshmen get a, get a crack to see if they're worthy of actual playing time later on. Um that's what you hope for. That's what you hope for in this oh, one. Yeah, I mean, it's not to say this is a guaranteed one, but this is going to be the easiest game on the schedule. You know, so you got to take care of business. You can't. You had a good win against Northwestern. You can't look ahead to Miami. Win the game. Win the game. You got to get. You want to be uh, take the next step as a program. You don't overlook opponents. You win these types of games. One uh, and you win them handily. One uh, quick. One more fun thing about Youngstown State for our very old listen, old head listeners. Uh, advisor to the coach for Youngstown State, one uh, Mike Tomzak. Does that name do anything for you? He uh, was a Steelers quarterback, right? That's right. He was also wow. uh, a long NFL journeyman quarterback uh, for the Bears, Packers, and Steelers from 85 through 1990. Um I just find that fascinating. He was an old Ohio State quarterback back in the early 80s. Um, I just I find that fascinating that he is on the staff. Guy loves the game. Football guy. Big time. Big, Big time. Football. To be an assistant assistant 
30 years after you retired to Youngstown State uh, head coach is, is a commitment to the game of football. There is no question. He's got to take a page out of the Randy Edsel book. Retirement is rarely a bad thing, right? It's rarely the wrong decision. Rarely. So, so um, have fun if folks go into the game, first um, home game for Michigan State in, with fans in quite some time. Enjoy yourself. Have a few uh, dad pops. Don't get too wild, but um, enjoy it, man. This should be a fun I mean, maybe, maybe get pretty wild. Just don't be offensive and don't hurt anybody. You can get as wild as you want. Have a good time. I hope <laughs> the students uh, show up, show out. I know MSU struggle with uh, attendance in these games in prior years. I like to think that won't be the case in this one, given how long it's been since students have been in the stadium. But uh yeah, it's exciting. I mean, Mel Tucker's first home game in front of the crowd. Um, you make sure make, you want to be there for that if you can be. So, well, any so parting words, John? Yeah, two quick things. Uh, while you're there, enjoy that Michigan State's creative team is now trying is labeling Spartan Stadium the woodshed. Hmm. I don't I don't know how you feel about it, but they want to pack the woodshed. I think it's I great. I think I kind of like it. I think I think I, I it, it's hitting me the right way. And the other thing, it sounds like we will no longer be doing thunderstruck, but this week we will be swag surfing. Oh, Austin, I knew awesome. that would be you, and I wanted to hit you with it. Oh man, you can't! Wow, wow. I'm I'm, board, I'm borderline speechless. Like there's. There is no bad time to play that song. Truly, like it, it is. Whenever it comes on, no matter where you like, it's one of those songs you stop and you're just like, "Yep, I'm gonna go ahead and listen to this and get super into it right now." Wow, that is that is fantastic. I do hope at some point, just again, to, to, to date myself, I hope they bring back "Take It to the House" at some point because I loved <laughs> no. when they'd play "Take It to the House," uh, and it was the only time we ever took it to the house was when we played that song. So, uh, yeah, I hope that happens at some point, but man, swag surfing it. That is phenomenal news. Thunderstruck's played out. If you are going and you don't know what to do, Google it. Now there's, there's a very, that you can't be left not knowing what to do. It's very easy, but don't be the guy or gal who doesn't know what they're doing. That's embarrassing. You should already be embarrassed. You have a chance to prevent your embarrassedness. I'm sticking with that pronunciation uh, <laughs> right now. If you go and do your homework, which will take you all of like eight seconds and maybe a couple of YouTube videos. And you'll enjoy it. You'll watch a lot of the videos. I'm guessing oh, you will because it is pure. <sighs> awesome. All right, John, that was a fun week one. This should be a fun week too. Keep it rolling to it. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for sticking with us as always for John. This has been Austin. We'll catch you next week. Yep.